Welcome, dear listener, to another episode of True Hauntings and Scary Stories, the podcast where we alternate between spooky conversation and scary short stories. (laughs) Now, here's your host, Miss Cynthia C. Welcome, spooky friends, to True Hauntings and Scary Stories podcast. Uh, We have a cool episode today. I've been wanting to put this episode together for months and months, but I was having trouble finding people who are practicing witches to come on the show and chat with me. So I have some now, and I'm so excited. So um, before I get into that, I do need to tell you guys that it is the end of April now, And um, the entire month of April, I've been doing a fundraiser of sorts for a an autism organization that I found that really hits home for me. As most of you know, I have an autistic son. He's 18 and he's just about to graduate high school. And we are in that transition stage of getting him into job training and figuring out what it is that he wants to do as an adult. And this organization does a lot of that. They offer other supports and advocacy too, but they're, I think one of the main things they do is help um, kids transition into adulthood. It is aane.org, and you can go to their website and donate if you'd like. But what I've been doing is all of the month of April, if you go to my website, truehauntings.com, and scroll down all the way to the bottom, there's a little button that says, buy me a coffee, and it's $3 donation. If you click that button any time in the month of April, whatever I get from that button, I'm going to donate to this organization. So I would really love it. If you guys have three bucks to spare, that would be awesome. When April's done, I will definitely put on my Facebook group um, how much was raised and, and, um, how much I was able to give and all that stuff. Every penny of it is going to them. I'm not keeping anything. So click that button and let's help out this organization because they do a lot of good. So with that being said, now we are going to talk to Joshua and Amy. So Josh was on my show. He was on episode 56 called Witchcrafted because that's the name of his podcast. So I've got him back here again, and this time he's brought his co-host, Amy, and they're both practicing witches, and we are going to chat with them. So how are you guys doing today? Doing good, doing good. No complaints. (laughs) No complaints? (laughs) Nice, that's good. That's good. Why don't you guys tell us about your podcast? So uh, Witchcrafted was something that I came up with uh, a while back. It was kind of leaving my old podcast and jumping into a new podcast. Uh, and I wanted to focus on my life and being a witch is a giant part of my life. Um, so I wanted to jump in and kind of do something a little different. So with witchcrafted, we kind of do a little bit of everything. We do reviews. We're going to start actually doing stuff on, uh, witchcraft itself, talk about our practices. Um, so this is a good launching point for that as well. (laughs) Um, we do tons of reviews. We do uh, once a month. We do crimes and conspiracies where one of us will tell a crime story. The other one tells a conspiracy. Uh, and then we just kind of circle from there. So 
our podcast is kind of a mitch match of everything kind of like you do with a cauldron when you make a spell nice. uh, it's kind of a little bit all thrown in together to make something amazing nice i like the analogy very fitting so um how long i think josh i think you told me at one point that amy is kind of your witchcraft mentor sort of is that the case we well we started around the same time practicing she is very like book smart. Um, <laughs> she's very much she she understands what I I have a reading comprehension problem. Mm -hmm. um, so she's really good at like reading something and understanding what's happening. I'm the kind of person who I have to feel it. So <laughs> she's very much my person I go to where I'm like, I need to make sure this spell feels right. You know, give me a little bit of guidance. What have you read recently? So she's kind of my giant, you know, dictionary on witchcraft. Mm, nice. <laughs> he calls me the librarian witch. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's my practice is apparently a library, which is fine. I'm cool with that. <laughs> nice. I've heard of witches. Um, giving themselves kind of like uh labels like a a kitchen witch or a um nature witch or like green witch or whatever do you guys label yourselves that way or do you just generally speaking call yourselves witches and that's it i grab from everything so mm. i would consider myself an eclectic witch okay so um like, I will do some kitchen witchery. I will do some green witchery. I will do traditional magic or physical magic. I just grab from everything and kind of shape it to myself. I tried to be a full-blown kitchen witch. I tried to be a full-blown green witch. And I have a black thumb and <laughs> am not too keen on putting ingredients with intention together in the kitchen as for food. But... I like to do a little bit of everything. Hmm. Okay. Me, I am uh, what's called a death witch. Um, and I'm also uh, part, I would say gray witch as well. Uh, hmm. Death witch is more working with, um, like, they. It, it's really hard because it's a closed practice, uh, which we're welcome, uh, we'll talk about as well. But, you know, in our practice, one of the big things is, a lot of stuff can't be told because it is a very closed practice. You have to learn from another death witch. Mm. Um, and that's that's the big thing is, you know, it's, it's a very closed practice. Um, now, of course, I share that stuff with Amy because she's my sister and, you know, we work with, you know, she's my witchy sister is what we <laughs> call each other. Um, so we work together on that. Um, as a gray witch, I like to dip into a little bit of light and dark to make things work. Um I also like to call it more like chaos magic because <laughs> the, the intention is there. Everything that I want to do is there, but I kind of throw stuff together and usually it works out pretty well. I've never had anything go too awry, but that's what you get into when you do a little bit of uh, chaos magic. Wow. That sounds intriguing. Do you do a lot of spells? Like what's your daily practice because i've heard that witchcraft people think of witches and witchcraft as every day you're like casting spells and you're putting things together and you have all these things hanging in your house that serve different purposes but i kind of wonder what does day-to-day -day life look like for you do you actually do a spell like once a week or once a month or only when you need it like what does that look like i don't do a lot of spells 
per se. Um, I think the last time I did a spell was when my son had COVID and I just did like a general, you know, good fortune, health, you know, help him get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, like I stir my intentions into my coffee in the morning. Oh, I will say, you know, today's going to be a good day. I'm going to go to work and have a great day at work and stir my coffee clockwise. So counterclockwise is to banish or rid of negative energy. And then clockwise is to bring in good energy. So that's just like a little do ditty I do every day just to kind of get the day going, set my intention for the day. Um, That's not really witchcraft, what normal people would think of witchcraft, but it's setting intentions and that's a big part of it. Mm hmm. For me, it's I do big meditation at least once a week um, just to reconnect, to astral project, to kind of do my job as a death witch. Um, And then also to once like every morning when I wake up, I have to veil myself Um, because as somebody who works as a a death witch, you know, there's the contact with spirits and, you know, all that stuff. So I have to make sure I block myself because if not it turns into like a fiasco <laughs> huh. um, because like when I first started and Amy remembers this, it was a constant where I was having a hard time separating who was actually there and who were spirits um, because it was colliding constantly. Like it wouldn't stop. Huh. Um, and then me and, and of course the librarian herself started looking up veil techniques so that I could kind of like cut myself off mm. that way I could learn to do that. So she kind of helped with that. And, you know, that's a very important thing that I have to do at least every day. Wow. I have to tell you, I've never heard the term death, witch before, what exactly is that? What, what exactly does that mean? Cause it sounds like, uh, it sounds creepy and <laughs> mysterious. Necromancer. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so Death Witch, it's a very, like I said, very close practice. Um, Death Witches are, their job is to assess spirits, um, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, go from one location to another. So there's Hedge Witches that mainly work in this world. And then uh, Death Witches work more in the Veil. So they astral project into the Veil, help spirits get to their grims so that they can go to their locations. I think we talked about this last time where there is no such thing as a particular heaven that goes towards a specific person mm-hmm. or a like one large heaven. Everybody's like religion is technically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've earned your afterlife, you can pass on to your afterlife that is yours. So if you believe in Buddha, you're going to whatever the Buddhist religion is, you're going to go there. If you believe in Christianity and heaven, you're going to go to heaven you know, whatever you believe in, in your life, and you go by those rules, that's what you're going to end up getting. And that's what we do is we take uh, spirits, if if they're lost in this world, we assist them to get into the veil. Hedge witches are usually the ones who do that. Uh, but death witches can jump in if, if there's just an overwhelming amount. Mm-hmm. But we also have to be super careful of how much we interact with spirits. Because just like let's just say that you help out a homeless person and they go into say, Oh, this man gave me a million dollars. 
while all of these homeless people are going to go and say, I want a million dollars. It's the same thing. You can only do so much on a limited time so that you're not overwhelmed. If that makes sense. Wow. That's intense. So how many spirits would you say that you cross over in a week? Well, (laughs) I I got in trouble recently because I stopped um, because I was needing a little break from it because it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's really draining. Uh, But when I was starting, I was doing maybe two to three a week because I tried not to because I'm still new at it. And there's rituals that you have to proceed uh, process and stuff like that. So I was doing about one to two a week. Recently, I've started picking back up again and it's about maybe three to four. But I can only astral project for a certain amount of time until I'm too tired to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I have to pull myself back. So mm. I would say within this last week, maybe two. Wow. Do you ever get people who have a haunted house and they ask you to come clear the house? Is that kind of what you're doing? I've done that once. Um, I had a friend named Cynthia who reached out to me who had, she felt like there was something in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a small child that was inside the house that had passed away. I helped her clear the house um, and helped him through the veil. And that was kind of it. Um, Amy, actually, you want to talk about somebody who <laughs> dealt with a spirit, uh, the last house she lived in, she's got a great story about the spirit she was dealing with. Ooh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, um, I am not a death witch. So <laughs> Josh keeps saying we, he means we as in death witches, but I am not a death witch. Um, <laughs> I can't see spirits. I can't. Um, it's not something that I'm, I'm closed off to it, like intentionally. Uh, I had a bunch of stuff happen at my old job where I was like, nope, I don't want to, not me. Um, But at my old house, there was actually, uh, my husband saw her. There was a little old lady that stayed in our backyard. And um, my husband would see her walk from the back of the house to, we had an old clothesline. And she would walk to the clothesline and, you know, motion like she was hanging clothes up. And then there was also a little area where it would look like she was bent over, like gardening. She never came in the house, never malevolent. Um, she would just kind of hang out. And then our clothesline got knocked over and he didn't see her after that. So I was really sad. I was like, oh, Aww. I'm sorry. <laughs> the mowers knocked over the clothesline. But our old house was built in 1902. Oh, so. Wow. I'm not sure who it could have been. We rented. So, but yeah, she was just this nice little old lady, never talked or anything. And she knew my husband could see her, but um, hmm. never just kind of hung out in the backyard, never interacted with anybody. Even when I had chickens, she never hmm. messed with them. It was just like, just perpetually hanging up laundry. That sounds like hell. <laughs> hanging up laundry and gardening. Maybe, maybe that was her oh, Gardening thing. is fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be hell for me. It's not my forte. <laughs> so the thing got knocked over and she just never. So you you just, didn't have to clear her or anything. She just. No, we we done. lived there for probably seven years and we just let her stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no reason to get me yeah. to try to make her leave. She wasn't hurting anybody. Didn't affect the children at all or anything. So we're just yeah. like, do your thing. That's kind of sweet. That's like the sweetest ghost story I've heard in a long time. <laughs> like just, oh, she was just hanging out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hanging I mean, up her laundry. Yeah. And um, cool. she was like 
when I say old lady, it was like, I don't know if you've ever seen Howl's Moving Castle by Studio Ghibli, but she was like Sophie, just a little, mm-hmm. you know, hunched over mm-hmm. old lady and just elderly and just, mm-hmm. you know, did her thing. So we just let her wow. be. That's fine. Just don't That's come in the cool. house. That was my only thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's cool. One time I had a neighbor, we were renting and the neighbor across the street, I three or four times I saw this little old lady in the front window of their house. And uh, I waved to her the first couple times and she didn't wave back. She just kept staring at me. And she was in like this little white nightgown with flowers on it. And she just seemed pleasant enough, but she just kind of stood there and stared at me. And then um, one time they were outside and I and I said to them like, hey, um, who's the little old lady that's in your window? Did did one of your moms move in or something? And and they were like, what? <laughs> there was no little old lady <laughs> living there. <laughs> so then they were like, I knew the house was haunted. And then they start telling me how things go missing and all this stuff. And I was like, well... <laughs> I didn't get a negative vibe from her. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you. She's hanging out in your front window. <laughs> yeah. Staring Maybe at she me. she was trying to help, you know? Yeah. So, so as an eclectic witch, then what is your week like? Like how, how is your life um, different from a normal person by being an eclectic witch? Like Josh said, I'm the librarian. So I read a lot. Um, I do a lot of research. Because I want factually based information, um, mm. not just how people feel. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I've done a lot of legwork as far as the research goes. Like, even I felt uncomfortable even calling myself a witch because I was like, man, I've only been practicing for a few years and I just want to have as much knowledge as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But then I realized like, oh not everybody does this. So yeah, I guess that would consider me a witch. Um, but I do, I do more things on like a lunar lunar calendar. So like mm. I make moon water on the full moon on the new moon. Um, and that's keep so that. cool. What do you do with it? Uh, like I put it in my baths. So I'll take a oh. bath with like ingredients in it. So, For instance, right now I've got like a self-confidence bath, which has sea salts and herbs for confidence and Mm -hmm. self-love. And I'll mix that moon water in just to kind of like supercharge it. Um, And then I'll just sit and soak and say nice things about myself. You know, (laughs) and (laughs) it's all just spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really comforting. (laughs) Um, Like I said, I don't do a whole lot of heavy hitting spells just because I don't feel comfortable yet to do those, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? So have you guys ever done like a, I don't want to say dark because I don't think that it's dark per se, but let's say there's someone who is bothering you and you need them to leave you alone. Or like, have you guys ever done a spell like that where you're trying to get somebody away from you or you're trying to, you know, I, I, not a dark spell, but like, yeah, some, some, a spell kind of against someone else, sort of. 
actually we collaborated on one nice. uh, a while back. Um, <laughs> Don't fuck with them; so, they will team up. <laughs> so here, here's the thing: uh, there is light and dark when it does come to spells. Okay, so I was wording it right. Yeah, yeah. So there, a lot of people were just like, "No, it's all about your energy," and we're like, "No, like stop playing <laughs> games. That's that's not what's happening." Um, so yes, it, it was a little bit of a darker spell. Amy did the research. Um, I gathered more intel and we came together. There was an abusive person connected to Amy, not Amy directly, but somebody that was uh, mm-hmm. close to her that was being uh, physically abused. Um, oh, wow. So we worked together to bind that person. Um, if you've ever mm-hmm. seen The Craft, it was that I situation. I love that movie so much. Yeah. And <laughs> The Craft is actually crazy accurate, except for the physical really? abilities of like floating and all that stuff. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. I said it's close. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> Some of the spells in it are actually really like, I wouldn't say reliable, but there's pieces that are correct. Does that yeah. make sense? Um, yeah, sure. So the binding thing is the main one. Um, binding is a hundred percent like, I wouldn't say it's foolproof, but it's very close to being the closest dark spell that I've used that has worked. Um, and Mm. it worked out in the situation, you know, I kind of told like Amy did the research. I kind of got more Intel from, um, the person I study under as a witch and was like, Hey, what do we do here? How can we make this go through? They told us the consequences and what could happen. And we jumped into it and I think it worked as far as I know or what I've been told. So <laughs> the person was binded and they've not caused as much damage. They're still around because wow. there's no way to like get rid of a person, but it, they yeah. are very limited now. So how so how do you know if a spell works? You just have to kind of pay attention and see if if the intent you had for it works out pretty much i mean um nothing is immediate so i mean i could say all the positive affirmations i want uh or negative (laughs) um but it's not always going to be immediate so a spell could take a month two months a year to come to fruition um for instance the one josh is talking about i'll talk about it i don't care Uh, (laughs) it was my ex-brother-in-law and so um because my sister and him have children together there's no way for for us to completely get him out of the picture um right but i mean it kept him from doing further harm and that was the main problem um so after i was mad because it didn't work immediately you know and I was like, man. And then I did more research, and I was like, oh, well. And now they don't talk to their to their dad, so <laughs> it worked out in the end. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I did a witchcraft themed mystery box a while back, um, a month or so ago, and that was really fun to put together, by the way. But one of the things I put in it was I found um, a witch that's a practicing witch on Etsy. And I bought from her this good luck spell and it was a candle that had like a scroll with it and it would tell you what to recite while you're, you know, burning the candle or whatever. It had instructions on how to do the spell. And I put that in the box, but I'm 
so curious to know what you guys think about that. Like, uh, can a normal person like me use that spell kit that's been given to you by uh, a practicing witch? And will it work? Like, what do you can think? Can I answer this one, please? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. There is no, like, you. there's no nothing out there that says you can't be a witch. There is nothing out there mm-hmm. that says that you cannot be a witch. So whoever is out there preaching that kind of stuff, because we've heard it for years. Uh, you can't be a witch if you don't have this on your palm and you can't be. No, no. we're all witches. <laughs> we do stuff in our daily life that is witchcraft in general. You know, the fact that mm. we can turn on a computer or we can flip a light switch and the light turns on. Science and witchcraft go hand in hand. That's kind of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. anybody that has the intention and has the right items can make a spell. Now, when you want to go like a lot deeper, you have to study and you have to, you know, have mentors and thing like things like that. But anybody can be a witch. So any person can... Um, practical magic. I, I love witch movies. Oh, um, love practical movie magic <laughs> is a good example of that. Um, yeah. because all the women come in together and chanting and putting that effort into oh, getting yeah. rid of him at the end of the movie. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> is, is, is witchcraft in general. Like you don't have to wear the pointy hat and have a giant nose mm-hmm. like me. Like you can just, <laughs> you can be a witch without all of that stuff. Like it doesn't make you any better or worse. Um, there are people who are more spiritually inclined to be witches, um, but no, everybody has the, uh, we, you know, everybody has the availability to be a witch. They just have to dedicate themselves to it and work harder. Just like naturally as a death witch for me, a lot of stuff comes natural. Um, for Amy, she has to work a little bit harder. So it's kind of like school in a way, if you really think about it. That's what witchcraft is. You either mm. have to study harder than most people or you're just naturally available to do it. So, you know, and Amy doesn't think she's a great witch. She is a fantastic witch. Like the things that <laughs> sh- I've seen her do in the past have been fantastic. So she knocks herself down, but she's actually really talented. So you said that your death witch witchcraft thing is a closed practice, meaning you can't learn about it on the internet or through books. You have to learn it from another death witch. So I assume that means you have a mentor somewhere that is a death witch. So how do you find these people? Like if we have a listener listening right now and they are intrigued and they feel like they might have that natural inclination to do what you're doing, how on earth would they even go about learning more about it? So with death witches, it's it's really, really difficult because the way my mentor came to me um, and said, you know, I believe that you're a death witch. Um, I would like to work with you. I feel like you have that connection and we work together. And that's kind of how it happened. It's wow. it's more of a I don't want to say a blood trait because a lot of times it is in families because um, it's passed down through, you know, teachings. Um, but with me, it was a very weird situation, um, just like I had talked about before, uh, with the listen to the last episode that I was on, (laughs) um, (laughs) that was kind of, you know, when he came to me, that's when I got connected with the person who taught me. Um, and I'm not going to release their information because I don't want people going and trying to contact them, but, um, death witches have to either work with you directly 
And a lot of death witches are not going to do what I just did. There's so many death witches out there, but I only know of like, what is it, Amy? Like three or four on TikTok that actually talk about being death witches. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So there's there's not a lot because you're not supposed to talk about it because <laughs> it's such a closed practice. It's fight club. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fight club. You're not <laughs> supposed to talk about it. I talk about it because I want to give light to it. But if anybody comes to me, I always shut them down because it's not my job to teach that. My mentor taught me. And when it's time for me to teach people, I have to be able to be able to look at that person and sense it and pass it on. It's not like, mm. oh, here's a thing of tarot cards. Good luck. Like, it's not that kind of thing. <laughs> so because if anybody was going to learn to be a death witch, I would have taught Amy immediately. No, thank you. <laughs> She's going to pass on that. It sounds <laughs> too much responsibility for me. I have a yeah bad relationship with death anyway so i don't need it every day it's fine oh my gosh i i'm so sensitive to energies i can't imagine i feel like i would get stuff coming to me all the time i'm not sure how i would close that floodgate once it was <laughs> opened because i have stuff happen to me all the time anyway and i'm not even trying to do anything like that so i can't that would be a lot that would be a lot definitely but yeah i think even even just um, simple things that people don't think about they're doing is considered witchcraft. I mean, everything nowadays mm -hmm. would be considered witchcraft if we're going back off the, you know, 1600s where women weren't even allowed to read and write. Like, we would all be considered yeah. witches at this point. But, um, like, the simple act of making a wish and blowing out your birthday candles, that is a pagan mm -hmm. practice. <laughs> So I love it. That I love how many religions are based on pagan practices. I just love that Easter prime example. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> it was literally just Ostara. But I'm I'm not a I am not yeah. a Wiccan, so I don't. She just studies. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't. Yeah. Wiccan is the religion, and witchcraft is a craft. So anybody can be a witch, mm. but not everybody's a Wiccan. Kind of like all fingers are. All thumbs are fingers, but not all fingers are thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. So why don't each of you tell us a, something like a, a misconception that you hear a lot about witchcraft or, or maybe even just some <laughs> fact, some fact or something that you wish people knew that most people don't know about witchcraft. Go ahead. I'm going to let you do it. You're going to go ahead and do it. So I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> oh, gosh. Which one? Um, Your favorite one. The one you attack people for all the time. Oh, yeah. So um, intention is not the only thing that matters <laughs> in witchcraft in general. Um, so a lot of people will be like, as long as the intention is there, it will come true. No, absolutely not. Not factual. Mm. Um, intention is probably... 40% of, you know, doing oh, wow. a working. Um, so yeah, obviously, you want to have the right intentions, you know, um, if you're trying to put something positive out, you obviously want to have positivity about um, the charge of your energy matters. Um, so Josh mentioned light and dark. Um, I look at it more of positive and negative, like the charges of a battery. So mm -hmm. if I were to do a hex or a curse or 
you know, what people would consider dark magic. I would want to have negative energy. Um, so if I just got into a fight with my husband, let's say, I would want to use that to fuel whatever hex curse spell I'm trying to do that's connotatively mm-hmm. negative. Um, if I had a really good bath, I would want to use that good positive energy to do a positive spell. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the you want to have the energy, the bit of intent, and your ingredients matter. Your correlations matter. You wouldn't use rosemary, which is used in a whole lot of stuff, um, but protection comes to mind right off the bat in a, in a love spell. Um, you wouldn't use roses, which are used in love spells and workings, in, you know, a hex or a curse. <laughs> so mm-hmm. ingredients matter and what you put into that working matters more than intention. We have this discussion on a weekly basis. I read uh, not too long ago that intention was extremely important. And if if you didn't have your intention correct, then your spell was not worth. It was worthless or whatever. And that that it it said it was very important. So it's good to know that it is important, but it's not everything. Yeah, it's more like um, the direction you're wanting to, your spell to go in. So like. You know, if I want my spell to go north, that's what I'm going to give it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not the only thing that matters. It's it's yeah. not the majority of everything. Yeah. So I want to piggyback off the end of that. So she's right. Like going north is important. Like if that's mm-hmm. where you're wanting to go. But in order to go north, you also have to have the car, which is your intention. You have to have the gas, which is your spells. And then you have to, you know, you have to have your workings or your energy and all that stuff have to be in line. So you have to have the vehicle packed up with gas and a driver and maybe some snacks in order to get to that location. And that's, that's kind (laughs) of, I didn't want to step on your toes, Amy, but I wanted to clarify that to make people understand that yes, intention is very important in your spell. You have to have intention period. You have to have that either positive or negative, how Amy phrases it. But at the same time, you still have to have that other stuff. You can't just walk into a room and be like, I want money and then not do anything towards it. Yeah, we all want money, (laughs) but it doesn't mean you're going to get it just because you want something. Mm -hmm. You have to put forth the effort just like we do in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And let me say, you guys come up with some pretty great analogies. I'm here all week. (laughs) I'm kind of loving it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, So my biggest misconception that bothers me is everybody thinks that they have to work with gods. In order to do witchcraft, you have to work with gods. Mm. And that's not true. You can work with gods, and gods can call upon you. You can also work with multiple gods from, I don't want to say genres or religions, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah, there we go. There's the word I was looking for. You can work with different ones. Like, you don't have to be like, okay, I'm only working with Greek gods. You can work with christian and then move over to greek and all that stuff like there's not a specific that you have to do and you also don't have to work with gods you can work with the energy of the earth um and go from there you don't have to because everybody's like oh i have to work with a god and everybody thinks they're working with like the most powerful god of them all they're like oh i work with zeus and it's like 
are you working with do- Zeus or do you think you're working with Zeus? Like, because gods can disguise themselves as each other to kind of get what they're wanting in a way. Um, so for people who are just like, oh, I, I work with Hades and it's like, do you? Are you sure that's not just like a <laughs> just like his cousin hanging out in the corner being like, I want to work with you? Like, you or, know, or are you oh, sure geez. it's not a different entity pretending to be or mask? Correct. Because be? that happens a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we wrap it up, if there is one thing you can think of, like, let's say I've got a listener out there who has been thinking about witchcraft and are intrigued by it. And they're just holding back because they're intimidated or whatever. Let's say they, we have that person out there. What would you guys say to them? Even though I don't do it, <laughs> I would say study. Um, that That's my number one. I think I just stole from Amy. So you're going to have to come <laughs> up with another one while I finish. Um, but studying is your most important thing. Um, you have to, or have somebody teach you like a mentor. Um, there are plenty of Facebook, uh, groups out there that you can join to get assistance on something like that, uh, to have those communications. Um, be careful of who you speak to because there are those people who will be like, Hey, give me money and I'll help you. And witchcraft is not a profit. Mm. It's not supposed to be now, of course, Etsy and stuff like that. Yes, of course we understand that. Um, but when someone's trying to teach mm-hmm. you the craft, it shouldn't cost you out of pocket if you want to learn. Um, there are mentors out there that do not charge you anything. They honestly just want to spread the craft um, as far as they can to people who want to learn. Um, but studying, I think, is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Understanding what you're getting into beforehand is very important. I know before I started I was so scared. I was confused. Um, and I started studying on my own and I wasn't getting anywhere and I got frustrated and I almost quit. And then I reached out to Amy and I was like, Hey, you know, there's something I'm going through and I just don't know who to talk to. And she's like, I am too. And I don't know who to go to either. And I was like, what's going on with you? And she's like, I really want to study to be a witch. And I was like, what, (laughs) what did you just say? And then we started talking about it and we were both doing the exact same thing. We were both trying to study, Um, So then we would sit on the phone for hours at a time talking about what we learned and the things that we disagree with um, and just went from there. So studying, I think, is like your number one is learn what you can learn, but know that you're going to get a lot of contradiction back and forth. To piggyback off that, um, vetting your resources is super duper important. So I don't want to put it out there and be like every witchcraft book is accurate. It's not. So <laughs> cross-reference everything. Um, mm. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. I know we've been preached at that since Al Gore created the internet. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, Love it. <laughs> but, you know, vet your resources, talk to somebody, and just believe in yourself, I would say, is the number one thing. Like, if you're unsure... Find someone you can bounce that off of if you're not comfortable with that. You, there's, like Josh said, there's Facebook groups. There's meetups on, like, like I just Googled. I'm recently moved to North Carolina, so I just Googled, you know, Witches Greensboro. And, like, four Facebook groups came up. And I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, nice. You can go to your local metaphysical shop, and I promise you somebody in there will have some direction for you. Um, and just decide what's important to you. Is is it important for you to work with a deity? Um, is it important for you to uplift yourself? What do you want to be a part of an organized religion or do you want to just be singular? You know, be ready to ask yourself the tough questions on why learning would be important to you. Well, this has been extremely interesting. I'm so thrilled that I stumbled upon you guys. <laughs> And because I really have been looking to have this kind of conversation for months and I just kept hitting dead ends. So I'm so happy that I found you and that you came. Um, maybe we can do another episode in the future and talk a little bit more in detail, you know, about the craft, because it seems like there are so many different facets of it that, you know, you could talk for days. <laughs> Yeah. It's overwhelming. It there's really a reason is. there's a whole shelf at Books a Million on witchcraft. There's a reason <laughs> that that's there. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind going and rating me or even reviewing me, that would help me a lot. I would appreciate it greatly. And until next time, I will spook you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>